2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
0: Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of The Thunder Heist, and I am joined by my co-hosts, starting with Rob J. Hayes.
3: Hi, I'm Rob J. Hayes, author of uh, Along the Razor's Edge. And Michael R. Fletcher.
2: Hi, Michael R. Fletcher, author of Slack Bone Sturt. Wait, that's not what it says. Blackstone Heart. <laughs> there we go. Well,
3: no, I think I think you should now use the other title.
2: Uh, slack, uh, slack Bone Fart. Oh, I like that one better. We'll that's go with good,
3: that one. yeah. And then well, with a very visceral do. feel to it, you can almost smell it.
0: Before we go down that track (laughs) On that track before we started recording And now we're swiftly off the track But the track is pulling us back towards it Um, For this episode we are going to be talking about books Surprise, surprise, who would have thought a bunch of writers Would talk about books Hardly ever happens I was thinking we could do a uh, favorites of 2021 So favorite books that we read in 2021 Not necessarily books that were published last year But books that we read that year and we can also talk about, um, you know, favourite movies, favourite TV series, uh, maybe favourite non-fiction things as well, or any other general favourites. You know, what was our favourite beard day for Rob, for instance, last year? The answer is all of them. His beard always looks great. Um, that's my answer. There was the a period earlier or... this
3: month where I hadn't, like, trimmed it for a while, and it, it was getting wild, man.
0: Go on the full Patrick Rothfuss route, where you just sort of have to, like, yeah. push it out of the way when you sit down and stuff.
3: Kind of like it got to the point where I was going to have to throw it over my shoulder just to take a peek. Nice.
0: That is cool. That is cool. Or you could like part it on either side, like curtains. Just, yeah. just go out through the middle. Um, wow, we haven't had a lot of toilet related jokes in the last few minutes. <laughs> That's all right. People don't come here for highbrow entertainment anyway. Um, so, Mike, <laughs> kicking off with you, what was your favorite book that you read in 2021?
2: Uh, all right. So, for me, there are two books that are kind of vying for number one. Uh, first would be uh, Legacy of the Bright Wash by Crystal Mattar. Uh That one, I, I don't know if it was like the timing. It hit me just right. There was a lot to love in that book. And it landed at the right time, hit me in the right way. It's fucking fantastic. And uh, the other one is The Pariah by uh, Anthony Ryan, um, which for me is now my favorite Anthony Ryan book uh nice. i'm gonna say it it's better than blood song huge cool yeah So, but those, yeah you talked two... about that before
0: um and we've had both of those those guests on our podcast actually so if you do want to uh, experience our chat with them again just uh scroll back through um yeah but yeah keep talking about yeah why why were they the two standouts for you this year
2: um okay so legacy of the bright wash it was a combination of really, really well written characters. Um, uh, her world building is like flawless. Um, it's you just you sink into the city. Um, and the whole thing really takes place in sort of in one city and most of it in one part of the city. Um, there's a, the flavor to the whole thing was fantastic. Uh, and she's got away with, there'd be little scenes where people would like sit around and smoke a cigar and sip whiskey and talk. And they were fantastic. Like I'd read them and given uh, I'm, I'm kind of um weak to uh, open to suggest suggestion. I mean, like I'd read the scene. And I'd be like, need cigar, need whiskey. <laughs> uh, I feel like method reading. Uh, oh yeah. Method reading. Uh, and for Anthony Ryan, uh, I, I loved, uh, it's like one, one point of view character, um, and it was, it was something different for him. Um, it kind of, he, he took it in some different directions from what uh, I was sort of expecting from him. Uh, and I just, I loved the character. I loved the, the way the story went. Um, I think he set up like a really good trilogy there or series. I have no idea how many books it's going to be. Awesome
0: uh rob what about you
3: okay uh I, i've read a lot this year so I'm, I'm gonna pick like i'm gonna pick three from different sort of like bits of the genre um i'm gonna start with a sci-fi one. i've read loads of read and listened to loads of sci-fi this year uh and i'm gonna pick the expanse because uh i'm currently reading book four and i fucking love it uh apart from book three which sucked um books one two and four so far have been absolutely amazing there's just this they're so easy to fall into and characterizations are so good that they just feel real um, and I think I think it definitely helps with the fact that I, I love the TV show as well so it's it's sort of it's helping to, to fill in some of the blanks probably but yeah I love the way it's, it's done in a sort of almost pseudo hard science type way where it feels real and believable and it's not just like yeah they went into hyperspace sure <laughs> uh, so They used yeah, the force like, and it solved all of their narrative problems. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and it, it just feels it feels like a real sci-fi um, rather than sort of a space opera, which I kind of like. Um, and then as a sort of like I don't know how to class it, but I, I, I've been reading a bit of Octavia E. Butler um, this year. I've read Parable of the Sower and Parable of the Talents. I can't remember which way around they are title but it was the second book really hit me the first book was good but the second book it was it just felt like it was it was very important it 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 predicted a lot of sort of like the the current things that might be happening on a social political climate and it did not shy away from showing you what thing what what things like slavery could have been like if they were in in the current sort of day and age or if they are currently in the day and age, and it was, it was a really tough read, but I felt like it was important. Um, so that, that was definitely one of my favorite books of the year, even though it was a struggle because it was tough. Um, and then for a straight fantasy book, I will pick uh, The Empire's Ruin by Brian Staveley, which uh, is the first book of his latest trilogy. Set in the same world as, as other ones, um, and I thought it was brilliant. I just like it was a proper epic fantasy uh, with sort of multiple different characters and and perspectives. And, you know, like a quest to be done, and then something else going on there. This of the year, political manoeuvrings and and all sorts, and it was absolutely fantastic. Apart from one character's point of view, who I hated, um, but then it was made up for because it had Gwenna Sharp, and she's an absolutely fantastic heroine. Well, character so yeah the, those those would be my three books of the year i think um i, I think i've read about 60 percent sci-fi this year it's crazy that's
0: interesting because i've probably read like more non-fiction books than i read fiction books this year which is unusual for me so i read 44 books this year um which is one less than however many books i read in 2020 now uh, there's only like 50 minutes until midnight here, so it's not going to happen. But I was that close to being like, I've only got hundred pages left of June Messiah and it's really, really good. And I've ripped through the whole thing in like <laughs> a day. Can I get that number up to the same? But anyway, that's, it's not about the numbers. It's not about the numbers, especially since I didn't make the number. Um, it's about the enjoyment and the experience that you had with each books. So I thought I'd give, I'll give like at least one of my favorite nonfiction ones. Cause I think it's very useful for writers and is probably useful for a lot of the kind of mental, um, side of, of the game that we were talking about in the previous episode, but probably my favorite, uh, fiction books that I read this year, um, project Hail Mary by Andy Weir, author of the Martian. That was really good. Loved it. I just thought yeah. it was such a cool combination of everything that made the Martian great, mixed in with one of the best non-human protagonists I've ever read, um, and the relationship that they kind of build between them is like so much emotion to it. and I feel like sci-fi can can often run the risk of being about the cool concepts and about the cool world building and all the technical things, and it can sometimes struggle to capture that emotional essence. Um, but this book just didn't have that at all. It just had everything that made The Martian great, plus way more feels. Because um, <laughs> I think The Martian is a great book. I also think it doesn't have the same level of like emotional attachment as this. So just thought Project Hail Mary was amazing. Um, for those of you who haven't heard of it, really quick pitch for it. Basically, uh, Earth's sun starts getting dimmer and a group of astronauts are sent out to try to figure out why this is the case. Um, and one of those astronauts is a, a high school teacher, essentially. Um, and while he's out there, he has to uh, understand uh, this alien life form um, and also unravel the mystery of the sun. Um, and he's doing all of this in... A spaceship with extremely limited resources requiring him to use some science, science to the shit the figure it that's the logo couldn't say it because it's the same as the martian but yes that's exactly <laughs> what he's trying to do and
3: i oh man yeah. that has so much to answer for that that, that bloody phrase Like <laughs> he shows the world over now just going like let's just science this thing it's like, oh, just, just funny stop.
0: science being used as a verb like it, yeah it, it upsets me but also makes me happy at the same time so anyway just thought it was fantastic it was kind of like a combination of Arrival and Castaway. had that element of
2: spoilers but
0: yeah well yeah okay and and also maybe a bit of Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky former guest on the show um much like Brian Stavely as well yeah just this cool thing where I like it yeah it's uh it's it's really good. It's worth checking out. Super enjoyed it. Read it towards the start of the year, so the fact that uh, you know it still kind of has stuck with me has been has been really good. So that was one um, of the best fiction ones. Uh, and then the other ones that were really good, uh, I super loved *Misborn: Secret History*, um, which the the pitch for that is that it's a story that occurred at the same time as the original Mistborn trilogy, but in the side of it. And it absolutely blew my mind when I read it because it truly was like nothing else that I'd ever read, right? I was expecting, you know, I was like, oh, is this gonna be a bit sort of fan service-y? It's just like sort of trying to, you know, like uh, extract more emotional feels from this thing, that this story that's already been done, but it just made it so much better. And it's so hard to describe without spoilers because it's about a character who, if you've read it, you know why that character is interesting to follow. If you haven't read it, like can't really tell you the character because it will spoil things. But I just loved it. I thought it it did so many unique things. And it is to me the first sign of what is going to be possible with Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere as a whole. Because it's a book where he starts like He's fully liberated to kind of explore all the things that he's been setting up and foreshadowing in the background. His Cosmia, if you're not familiar, is like this shared universe that he has done across multiple book series. There's been probably like 20 books written in the Cosmia so far. He reckons he's about halfway through it. And yeah, I just found it very inspiring because I was like, this feels like I am reading something totally new. Um, even the story is like, I guess a fairly standardly structured story and everything, but just the f- fact of what it was and how it fit into his other books from in my experience, at least felt like this really new thing. So I super enjoyed that, but I think the best fiction book from last year, um, which I kind of debated as to like, is this the best? Is this the worst? Because it took me probably well over a year to read because I was listening to it in audiobook form, but the journey was well worth it. And that is best served cold by Jerry Abercrombie. Um very late to the party, but I yeah, really adored this. And it was kind of cool that I listened to the audiobook over the course of like a whole year because it almost felt like this TV series where I was sort of returning to, you know, do an hour of it every every week or so over the course of (laughs) over the course of a year. TV
3: series were like that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um and yeah, it just it just the characters within it were crazy. It's insane how Abercrombie can do this thing, and it frustrates me to no end where nothing happens, and yet you walk away from it and you're like, That was the best interaction I've ever read. Like, there's so many scenes where it's just characters in a room, you know, and fantasy is supposed to be about the big epic battles and about the magic and about the world building and all these things. And Abercrombie's like, Nope, just gonna have them sitting in a room, and you're gonna like it way more than any of those other things. So, take my hat off to him. Um, Yeah. Amazing book that was just like such a good cast of seven characters. If you haven't read it, basically it's a revenge story um, told with Abercrombie's signature grit. Uh, So yeah, really, really, really enjoyed that. Um, So yeah, those are are probably the three big ones for me. What I will do is on Goodreads, I basically like post every time I read a book and do a little review on there. So I'll post a link to my 2021 reads shelf in the show notes so if you want to check out the other ones i can do that as well and rob and mike if you have any links to i don't i don't know if you track your books but if you do
3: i I do the same on goodreads uh i I do review for most of them some of them are longer some of them are shorter
2: so i'm not on goodreads anymore i had a bad day and went (laughs) slightly psychotic
0: yeah fair um you yeah so if you
3: your own books it's uh. <laughs> uh
0: yeah so rob if you want to like send me a link to your goodreads thing i can i can put that in the show notes as well um so yeah you guys can check that out um i do have one non-fiction book i'd like to talk briefly about but do you guys have any nonfiction things that you would like to discuss first don't yeah, know if you I read, read non
2: empire of the summer moon uh about the comanche uh comanche indians uh fucking fantastic that easily the best nonfiction book I read in several years cool yeah what was so good about it uh it was a sort of more blunt look at uh American history uh with less of the sort of like uh sugar coating on interactions on on both sides yeah you know it's kind of like yes this this whole thing was like really brutal on both sides um and actually weirdly it was a hugely offen- uh offensive uh that's the wrong word um influential oh, that's better uh on nirilska groans uh because we did a shit ton of background world building that never made it into the book um like there's did notes for a, an entire separate continent for uh comancheria um which hopefully maybe someday we'll get back to and do some of that you know bigger world building stuff uh but anyway, awesome book. It's pretty cool. Empire of the Summer Moon. Empire of the Summer Moon. Amazing title. Love yeah. that title. What
0: about you, Rob? Do you are you a nonfiction guy? Not really.
3: I don't really read much in the way of nonfiction. I prefer, nonfiction I prefer to consume um, via watching things rather than reading them. If I'm if I'm reading, I'm generally sitting down to read like science fiction or fantasy, personally. But uh, I mean, there are a few books that I'd like to get to. Um, but uh, it's finding the time because like, I, I read to sort of escape. So when I want to sit down and read, I, just, I don't want to read about the horrible things that humanity have done. <laughs> that being said, I really want to read a, a book that I've, I've uh, found on Mesopotamia. So who knows Ooh. eventually?
0: Big fan of Mesopotamia. One of the cool ancient civilizations of the world. And just a sick sounding name as well. I nice. Um, yeah, so in terms of like this, I feel like I read so many good nonfiction books last year. Uh, and I have written about them in my Goodreads, but probably the best one is... Ugh.
3: Can I get it? Reach, reach for that book. Find it. <laughs> there
0: we go. Holding oh, in um, C++. <laughs> the <laughs> absolute best nonfiction book that I read last year and one of the best, if not the best nonfiction books I've read in my entire life is this bad boy here, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Um, essentially... It is the diary of a Roman emperor from two thousand years ago, uh, that was just written to himself, trying to like figure out how to be a better leader. And Does he start? Uh, Dear diary, Gladiator. Correct. He was in Gladiator. He's the old dude yeah, he, he in was, Gladiator. He's the old
3: king. He gets killed. Old, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, I, I've been meaning to rewatch Gladiator ever since I saw this. I'm like, ah, oh, I want to, I want to see it again. Um. Yeah. So it doesn't, doesn't quite start Dio Diary, but there's some bits that are pretty much like that. And yeah, this is just a book where I have just uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm just holding it up and and going through it now, but I've just highlighted so many pages. I don't think I've shown any of them. Yeah. There's like so many highlights and notes um, that I have put through this Uh, and the pretty much every page you know I've, I've folded down the corners on it because there was a <gasps> particularly profound quote on it
3: sinner yeah i know right this is this is don't, one bad book don't fold your pages you get those little little, little uh, post-it note things tabs and the, yeah the little tabs so you know
0: we just we just lost half our listeners right there. <laughs> <laughs> this is the moment when the show gets cancelled when i am revealed to be a con artist folds down. pages yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, it's been, it's been a good run guys. Um, But yeah, it's just an incredible book because it makes you realize that fundamentally humans don't change. There's a passage in it where he says something along the lines of uh, you know, you, you desperately desire the approval of people who kick themselves every 10 minutes and who you despise. And there's just so many things like that, where you realize that human behavior has, has just not changed at all. We're all still the same. We're all still grappling with the same problems. And I think when you're grappling with an old problem, it makes a lot of sense to go back to an old book um, and particularly relevant right now, because when he was emperor, there was a thing called the, uh, I think, Anthony plague, uh, which was basically like the exact pandemic we're experiencing right now, except in a country that didn't really have, you know, the modern medical stuff we had. So, oh, there's- so
2: in the US then? <laughs> Topical.
3: Woo!
0: Uh yeah, I guess so. Um none of us are well, I mean you're in Canada. None of us are in USA, so don't know how true that is, but yeah, it could be. Um <laughs>
3: well, you're you're like, in Canada. Too. No, no, Canada isn't the US. You find
2: Yeah, I was like, I don't yeah, think m- it is. Quiet you freaking Kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> hey brew Um
0: that's my Kiwi accent, by the way. More of that, more of that could be att- obtained later. Um, but yeah, there's just a, there's just a great line in it, right? Where he, you know, he's obviously aware of the plague. He's the ruler trying to deal with it, and he's got this line where he's like, "Every night when I tuck my child to sleep, remind myself that that could be the last time I do that." Um, and there's a lot of things in the book that are, you know, all about remembering your own mortality and how that is actually a tremendous source of joy in the long term because it makes you really appreciate what you have right now. Um, And yeah, just when it comes to, you know, I think writing can be a very stressful and difficult thing. Um, And this book has given me at least an extremely good mental toolkit to kind of deal with adversity uh, in all forms. Um, Because yeah, you you know, it's it's hard to imagine much more adversity than being, uh, you know, like the most influential leader in the world at that time, having to deal with this extremely bad plague, having to deal with all the other things that would have been thrown at him um and yeah like the fact that that wisdom has been preserved for 2000 years is absolutely extraordinary to me um and yeah like i don't i don't think many of our leaders will still be remembered in 2000 years let alone 100 years so the fact that you know this guy's kind of stuck around for that long reasons. yeah well <laughs> i mean maybe they will be right but maybe it won't be for good reasons <laughs> and yeah so really recommend it it's it's a pretty short book um and it's it's very like, it's not a cohesive thing. Like it's just, you know, episodic little, little paragraphs that he was writing to himself or whatever. Um, Yeah. I recommend the translation I have is the Gregory Hayes translation. There's like a bunch of different ones. And I have heard that the quality varies widely on those, but yeah, the Gregory Hayes translation was, was pretty good. Highly, highly recommend it. And it's something that I've probably reread like probably five times over the course of the last year. And just, you know, it's really easy to just pick up and, and flick to a random page and right there will be you know the answer to something you've been struggling with um, which i think is a remarkable thing that these books can do
3: cool so it helps you realize that we're all just cucumbers with anxiety <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i guess so i suppose you've outwitted marcus aurelius nice work yeah, you could have written sure. the book for him
3: <laughs> no are you not entertained
0: <laughs> yeah <nice. laughs> Yeah, but I really do want to rewatch Gladiator now that now that I read <laughs> this book by him. Even though I'm sure it's not even the same, but yeah. And that was that was Ant- was that Anthony Hopkins, who played him. Nope. nope, it was it was Richard Harris, right? Yeah, I think... Dumbledore. Yeah, yeah. And that is a perfect Dumbledore. segue to the next segment, talking about our favorite movies of last year. So doesn't have to be. You can do movies or TV series, but doesn't have to be stuff that released in 2021, but just favorite things that you, that you saw last year. Um, who wants to kick it off?
3: Well, I'm just going to kick it off by saying Arcane.
2: <laughs> that was very good.
3: I absolutely loved it. I thought it was, uh, I mean, I, 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 know a little bit about League of Legends, but not much really. Um, I just sort of I pretty much went into, into blind, apart from knowing a few characters, but absolutely loved it. I thought it was a fantastic, um, pretty classically told um, fantasy story. Um, A lot of the elements you'll, if you read fantasy or or watch fantasy, you'll have seen before, but I just think it was so, so well done and the characters were just like good and bad. You just, you understood them and you you felt like you knew them and the, the world that they created in it was just it was vibrant and, and intriguing, and, and it was just, yeah, everything about it just sucked me in and wouldn't let go. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm busy watching it again for the second time now and uh, just sort of like picking up on extra little details and everything and loving it. And it really makes me want to get back into writing some epic fantasy as well.
0: Nice. I haven't seen it. I've heard amazing things about it. It does sound pretty cool. So it's good that you... It it's good, like, so you don't have any sort of experience with League of Legends and you still enjoyed it heaps.
3: Yeah. To yeah, be honest, I, I, I most people I know who watched it don't really know anything about the game. Because you don't need to, to be honest. It's yeah. just it's a story. Um go into it blind and and you'll enjoy the hell out of it. Cool. Mike.
2: Um I think okay. I had no idea what year it came out. Uh the Spider Man, was it into the multiverse? Into Am the I getting that title right? Into the is Spider-Verse, is that what yes. it is? I can't remember. That I was fucking that. fantastic. The the, was the animated one. The animated one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The rest of them are kind of whatever. Um, this was a pretty shit year for superhero stuff. Um and then super recently, uh, don't look up in terms yes. of God, how that good fantastic. How good. I want to talk about fairly plausible me. films I've ever uh, seen. Yeah, it was chilling. Just how how plausible you're like, yeah, sadly. I mean, they really that spun me off into this whole like oh, this is why the Fermi paradox exists and social media is the death of civilization.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's funny. Um, yeah, Don't Look Up, amazing, absolutely loved it. And then it was hilarious how the movie, which is all about criticizing the media, the all the media reviews I've seen online have been like, this movie's really bad and you shouldn't watch it because it's just like <laughs> up itself and it's all elitist. No, it was brilliant. I loved it so much. Brilliant. And how good to see Leonardo DiCaprio like in a weird, ugly haircut and strange outfit and like having kids that are older than his partners in real life. <laughs> <laughs> it was so but funny. It, it, I was I, like, this man can act.
3: He's fantastic is Leonardo DiCaprio. He's, great, he's one of those yeah. actors who does... Um, actually I, I find like you, you quite often get to like two different versions of actors you get like actors like we'll go over to a, a similar sort of like style Ryan Reynolds who just plays the same character and everything he just plays oh, Ryan absolutely. Reynolds Yeah, yeah. Well, his films are watchable but he just plays Ryan Reynolds and then you get Leonardo DiCaprio who he's almost unrecognisable in every single role he plays mm. he's just so different absolutely fantastic and he does yeah, a hell of Don't a job Don't yeah. Look
0: Up was great what was it Excellent for you Mike problem. what what kind of oh sorry, Rob, do you do you, so you have something else to No, say? no, it's an excellent film. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, what did you what did you like about it, Mike, apart from the yeah, the scary realism of it?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was was really it. I love the fact that the scientists um kind of didn't know how to interact in the, in this world, in the you know the the sort of like the the media frenzy, yes. basically got sucked in and distracted. And I I, I don't want to give spoilers. But like the scene where they're sitting around and kind of going, "We did everything we could, right? Right?" That
0: hits. That hits hard.
2: As like, well, obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, you know, uh, yeah, they're, they're fantastic. And a that.
3: wonderful metaphor for climate change.
2: Wait, it's about climate change. I thought it was just about a
0: big asteroid. What? <laughs>
3: I actually I read a good article on it um the other day which was just like uh they were writing it during the the first sort of like stages of the pandemic yeah and uh some of the shit that was coming out from world leaders and the like they were looking at it going <laughs> we have to make this script crazier it's not crazy <laughs> enough yeah they're like oh didn't they're like oh like
0: someone some world leader told us to drink bleach we can't put that yeah. in a movie that'll be too unrealistic yeah <laughs>
3: madness yeah. looking at like like this this absolutely insane situation scenario going on and everything like that and they're like what's happening is worse well I forget who said it but there was this funny quote I think it was
0: by some director of, of a similar movie where they were like the problem with fiction is that it has to be realistic but reality is seldom realistic and that's why it sucks doing fiction because you have to conform to realistic expectations but in real life it doesn't. It can be as unrealistic as it wants, and it often is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just such a weird paradox. Um, yeah, I love Don't Look Up. I thought it was great. Highly recommend. Mike, I want to talk about Into the Spider-Verse, though, because I watched that this year as well, and I was blown away by it. I adored that movie so much. I've always loved the Spider-Man movies, but this one just was on a whole that, nother see, level.
2: For me, Like all of the early Spider-Man movies, I hated I thought they were all garbage. Uh, the more recent ones I'm kind of okay with. I'm not a huge superhero guy, and I'm certainly not a huge Superman, uh, Spider-Man fan. Um, so I like I really went into that with um, no expectations. It was like, uh, I think we were desperate for something to watch, and I watched it with my daughter. And it was really just because I'm like, right, it'll be safe for her, cool, great, whatever. And we watched it, and I was just, fucking hell, this is really good. Uh that one blew me away.
3: Yeah. Really hits you with the feels.
0: Yeah. And the scene where he, he takes that leap of faith as well. Like one of my favorite, like cinematic moments I think I've ever seen, like get chills in that moment. It's great. It's, it's, it's just awesome. What was it like, what kind of made it like so good for you? Do you reckon, especially considering you didn't like the other Spider-Man movies? Yeah.
2: So there was, um, Like just on the visual side, like I love visual movies. You can if you can have a like kind of shitty movie, and if it looks amazing, you'll you'll probably keep me watching just because I'm like, oh shit, this is beautiful. Like some of the more recent Star Wars movies, which are absolute shit, but like just visually stunning. Yeah. Um. But anyway. Um. So visually,
3: ninety percent just here's a panning shot of some landscape.
2: Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to see
0: an IMAX shot of a knife? Here you go. (laughs)
2: Like it looked amazing. And I love that it, it kind of just sort of like ditched a lot of the, um, it let go of the whole, you know, white New Yorker Sp- Spider-Man thing. Um, and it didn't take itself too seriously. I mean, there's a freaking like spider pig, yeah. <laughs> you know, which. And Nick Cage. Yeah. And it was, yeah. I, I love that it didn't take itself too seriously. It was a great story. Uh, it hit the fields, you know, it was, you know, family and there were sort of like lessons in there. And I think it was probably closer to what Spider-Man was probably originally supposed to be about. Um, you know, rather than like, oh, here's the the big bad guy for this movie and it's going to devolve into a fistfight. Surprise! It
3: was the, the usual formula that a lot of the superhero films have moved into um which is very very predictable and formulaic i felt whereas this was yeah it it was quite different
0: into the spider verse actually motivated me to start doing the practice of writing down the storytelling lessons that i get from each movie i watched because i watched that um yeah about about six months ago pretty much in the middle of the year and i loved it so much that i was like man, that's the kind of thing I want to be able to write one day, you know, something that is like that level of emotional movingness within me. And it's just such a incredible story. So I actually wrote down a couple of writing lessons from it. Um, If you guys would like me to share a couple of them now. Um, (laughs) What was the first one? I think the, the biggest lesson I kind of took away from that, from a storytelling perspective, is that it just created this like really, really incredibly fun world that you want to be part of. And I think the stories that are the most appealing to me, at least are the ones that do create a world where you're like, I want that. I want to go into that world. I want to experience the things that that character is experiencing. And I think Spider-Man is just a great character for that because you're like, yeah, like that would be awesome to just have this like, you know, sort of thing where you can swing through this awesome city. And particularly with this one as well, you know, team up with this awesome ensemble of other spider people, um, well, not even people, spider things. <laughs> and yeah, I just thought it did such a good job of, of that giving you this world that is so much fun to be part of. Um, and then probably the other really massive storytelling lesson from that is how well it kind of synchronized its plot points to happen at the same moment. So the same moment that the main character decides to, you know, sort of take it seriously. What do I write down exactly? Yeah, like the moment where the main character decides to like take it seriously and to commit to this and to overcome his inhibitions is the same moment that he kind of like, you know, learns to really use his powers and is the same moment that he takes that leap off. And yeah, it made me realize that a lot of my favorite moments in stories are these kind of not moments where you have these three or four different plot threads or, or questions that all get answered in this one pivotal moment. And I think the more that you can kind of combine those things into just that one moment, you know, towards the sort of end of a story, that really leads to these hugely epic scenes. And it's the reason why when he takes that leap of faith off the skyscraper, and there's that awesome visual of him, you know, falling down towards the city below, but the camera's reversed. So he's flying up instead. Um, That moment is just like, so satisfying because it it represents the culmination of these three different moments um throughout yeah. the story so yeah it's i am externalizing
3: and externalizing the character development at the same time that's exactly right bring it back to uh, one of uh, fletcher's most hated authors it's something that brandon sanderson's really good at oh yeah that's why i love the guy <sighs> no that's no no there
2: the are guy. many authors who i hate far more than brandon <laughs>
0: We're getting to him. We're getting to him, Rob. We're seeing a new side of Fletcher this year. He's decided to be nice to authors that I really want to have on the show one day. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he, he does that great. Is and it's it's in a sense a really easy thing to do when you're just talking about it theoretically, but a lot of stories don't quite get it right. Um, but when you can, when you can get it, that yeah, you know, the character's internal growth is coinciding with a big external change in the plot. And then there's also something happening in the world at the same time as well. Like, yeah, that's just the trifecta when you can get all those things to line up. And then when you make it tie into the theme somehow, um, yeah, it it just leads to amazing storytelling moments, I think.
2: The other thing i now thinking about it that it did really well was um, set up really obvious moments and then fuck them sideways so it mm-hmm. didn't work the way you sort of expected it to um and you know there'd be this huge build to a uh, slap the spider that's it. off they wander you know and there were there, there were a couple of scenes like that where they build to to you know it's like here we're obviously building towards what's going to happen next and you know what's going to happen next and then they just psh, take off sideways yeah <laughs> that they did really well it's one of the so advantages
3: Read of... your expect or listener, viewer, whatever expectations.
2: Truck <laughs> fucking.
0: I hope that term takes off. I hope that term takes off. Should. So, That's pretty cool. But then at the same time, they also play into them in ways that are really satisfying when it happens. Right. And mm-hmm. it, it, it is a very classic hero's journey. Person goes from being an outcast with no real. Uh, powers to becoming someone who is confident within their powers and themselves. And it's just, yeah, it encapsulates everything that makes Spider-Man as a character. Great. I think um, while also broadening the possibilities of what spider of who Spider-Man can be. And I think that's a pretty cool takeaway from it. So yeah, I thought that was great. Could talk about into the spider. It's
3: not about who Spider-Man can be. It's the fact that we are all Spider-Man.
0: Yes. Spider-Man is all of us. That's it. And there's that, that great scene where it's like all the, like at, um, at a pivotal moment, there's like a big crowd and you see everyone wearing the Spider-Man costume, right? And, you know, the main character is there in the actual Spider-Man costume. And people are just like, oh, cool costume. And it's cool because you're like, oh, there's like the sense of, the sense of community to it, which is, is really cool. Um, yeah, I love that. So in terms of my favorite movie, um, like Dune is the obvious choice. June is the obvious choice. I freaking loved it. It was great. And I've seen it twice. I've listened to the soundtrack probably like 20 times. Um, yeah, I just, I just thought it was amazing. But, you know, in a bid to try to pick something a little bit less mainstream to, to hopefully broaden the discussion a little bit. Although I would love to talk to June briefly because I absolutely loved it. Um, I would probably say that i'm just looking at the list of things that i've I've written down here something that i really enjoyed this year damn i was was gonna gonna pick pick another notes just yet you are you
2: weirdly organized (laughs) it kind of freaks me
0: out
3: there's a
2: lot of there's a lot of notes here there's there's a reason why you run this podcast and not me
3: (laughs) we can't see it but like it like opposite him right now he's probably just got this like wall just full of post-it notes of like like lines connecting everything like a proper serial killer
0: yeah, oh, or the person who's investigating the serial killer. I mean, let's not typecast here. Um, yeah, I think, oh, probably the, okay, I'll just, li- I'll just list a couple really quickly. So, Last Night in Soho was amazing. Not sure if any of you guys have seen it. It's, so far, I
2: haven't seen any of these movies. I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Okay, it's great. So, it's by Edgar Wright, the guy who did Shaun the Dead Hot Fuzz. Totally different. It's a psychological horror that is sort of like Midnight in Paris, but demented. So fashion designer goes to London, goes to Soho. And when she goes to sleep at night, she experiences the 1960s in Soho. And she becomes really enamored with with this dancer who epitomizes everything that she aspires to be in the 1960s. Uh, And then things start to get horrific. And it's this really interesting uh, and quite horrifying examination of like the sacrifices one needs to make or is pressured to make in pursuit of their art um, and the visuals are absolutely gorgeous. Uh, there's just so many like hallucinatory dream sequences which are amazing. Um, so that was really good. Gangs in New York. I think I talked about that on a previous podcast. Um, it's not really not really like a non-mainstream movie by any means, but I just thought it was very epic fantasy esque in the scope of what it was creating because you kind of seeing hundreds of characters in this really vividly imagined area um, and you see them over the course of, of several, several years, uh, I think maybe even a few decades potentially um, and just had like one of my all time favorite antagonists in uh, Bill, the butcher played by Daniel day Lewis. Like that is just a character that, you know, is one of those rare things where they feel totally full and like they have ridden themselves um, through the quality of the actor's performance or or whatever um so that was re- that was really good but then probably the f- favorite movie that i re- read read sure, saw this year <laughs> um it's probably american hustle uh which no one seems to have heard of it have either either of you guys heard, I've it?
2: heard of it but i've never yeah. watched it so yeah heard of it never seen
0: yeah it. i don't understand how though because it is so it has Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Amy Adams, uh Jennifer Lawrence, Jeremy Renner. Who else? Just has like a massive cast of these hugely good actors. Christian Bale put on like I don't know 40 kilos for the role because why not? Um <laughs> and he looks so that's totally does. Yeah, that's just what Christian Bale does. Um saw a good meme a while ago where it's like Christian Bale puts on 20000 pounds to play the sandworm in June. And I was like, Yeah, yeah I'm not even surprised. <laughs> um, but it's we just five extra
3: sets of teeth, because why not?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you gotta you gotta go for it. Um, but American Hustle is a crime movie that's like also a con, that is also like a period piece at the same time. So Christian Bale is playing this con man basically who gets are uh, caught by this FBI agent. And the FBI agent is like, I'll let you off if you can help me expose these five other con men who are doing bigger cons than you. But what it's Christian Bell. Bale- yeah, it's it's classic, right? But then Christian Bell starts conning the FBI agent as they go through the con on the other con artists. And the movie is also conning you at the same time. So basically everyone is conning everyone else, and <laughs> you don't know what to believe. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's just just a ton of fun and yeah, it, it it really felt like such a such an extremely fun experience. So yeah, highly recommend it and it, yeah, I went into it with knowing nothing about it and loved it so much. So really enjoyed that. Um yeah, so those are those are my picks. Uh yeah. What else do we have to talk about for our faves of of 2021? <laughs> This episode's gone for I was a just
3: think, like I could talk about fave computer games. And I'm like, I barely play computer games anymore. I keep wanting to. And then ah. it's like, not <laughs> Rob's like,
0: New Year's resolution to procrastinate more by playing more computer <laughs> games.
3: <laughs> I really should. Like, and I, I, these days I just sort of like I pick up games which are kind of almost mindless and more mechanical. Uh, in a way to sort of try and switch my brain off, so I don't get, I, I don't play like ones with like big storylines. So it's more just like, yeah, I play a card game. It's uh, you just play cards. It's cool.
0: <laughs> but on a screen, yay! Yeah. What about you, so... Mike? Any other, I don't know, uh, story related things that were that were really good from
2: last year? Uh, no, I uh, like Rob. I mean, I I haven't played computer games in ages i recently in an attempt to stave off burnout uh, dug the ps3 out of the dusty box in the basement and like went through the games i'm like "Ah, i like sniper games i'm like yeah i kind of would like to shoot someone in the head um (laughs) you know but i like i played for 10 minutes and was like i'm just wasting my fucking time i need to get back to writing yeah (laughs) but that's another episode that's another episode, yes. <laughs>
0: how to play video games guilt-free, which probably for people who are starting out writing is maybe, like, such a w- weird problem to consider. Because when you're starting out, you're like, I'll do anything except write. Like, <laughs> how is this a problem that you struggle to, to do a fun thing that is not writing? But, yeah, after, after a couple of years of the, of the grind set, you're a bit like, yeah, I'll
3: like, you see, You see, you like... Um authors on, on like Facebook groups or they're going, ah, I don't know how to continue my book. I just get to a point and I stop and I'm like, how? How do you stop? Please tell me. <laughs> what is stop?
0: <laughs> do not know this word.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, all the time, ta- every time I see like some, you know, new young writer talking about, you know, all the the coolest, latest games they've played. And I'm like, good keep playing. This way you're not competition. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy your new ps5 see Get Mike the new game. <laughs> Failed to put out a book once again this year
0: don't take away my royalties um see mike I'm, i know I'm, it's I'm... not
2: a competition but
0: <laughs> but mike is the alpha here and no one will compete against him you're correct it's not
3: a competition but there are competition <laughs>
0: there are competition or there is competition i don't know Hey, you're a
3: writer. I'm is sure
0: this whatever is what you said a is right. in my
2: podcast. Come on,
0: <laughs> Mike. I've uh, I'm playing five d chess against you, buddy, because I'm not playing video games. I'm writing video games. So the idea <laughs> is, out of guilt and a sense of obligation, you'll you'll play it and test it once, and it will suck yeah, no. you in, and Do therefore you know you'll never be able writer. How people to write
2: send me books, books and try and guilt me into reading them? Like, I'm an emotionless rock this
0: is different because it's a video game and it's something you can perceive to be doing to recover
3: from burnout. Yeah. You say that, but wasn't your favorite book of the year, something that somebody sent you?
2: Yeah, it was. No, actually, no, I bought it. Oh, Yeah, yeah. I actually, I stopped, I kind of, it sucks, but I I read almost none of the books that people send me for free. uh, And I only read the books that I buy and want to read. Yeah. And I am actually really, I'm failing really badly at even reading those. I have 15 or 20 paperbacks sitting on the shelf that I like bought. And I am probably never going to read them. Mine are all down here. <laughs> <laughs> and there's it's another stack on, somewhere
0: else as well.
3: So,
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, again, this is another episode, but when, you know, the last book I picked up I picked it up in the middle of editing End of Sorrow. So I start reading it and I start editing it. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this person doesn't write anything like me and it's annoying. I'm like, no, dude, you can't read it. Put it, put it away. And I, then you're like,
0: uh, yeah, here, J.R.R. Tolkien, here are your edits on Lord of the Rings. Yeah, R. R. It
2: sucks all the joy out of reading when you can't get out of your own editor voice. And you're yeah. like, no, that's an extra word. You should have reworded this sentence. You, you need to tighten this up. Your prose is fucking sloppy as shit. You know, like that's not fun. That's that you Keep can't read like same that.
3: sentence start.
2: <laughs> oh, that one gets me. That one gets me.
3: Yeah. I say, well, yeah. I, I got sent five books by uh by by publishers this year, not nice. even like by actual publishers. Yeah, five books. And only, not only two publishers of them were through the podcast.
0: <laughs> publishers, yeah, if and- you're hearing this, Rob has indicated his willingness
2: to. Advanced I read all five as well. So you uh, did. Oh shit! Wow. Well, well done. I think I read one of the five-ish books I got from publishers. Seven? Did you read that one? No, that one. No one. said t- that, that one I didn't get.
3: Did you don't get. Uh, but
2: uh, like Ryan Anthony, uh, Anthony Ryan, but uh, Debbie. Brian. Ed. Uh, he sends me all his books, so uh that one I read. But like, I've got a pile of other publisher books, which sadly I, I didn't read because
0: because they didn't include a crisp hundred dollar bill inside (laughs) the
2: front cover you gotta put the money in the front cover baby Uh,
3: send your books to me not fletcher (laughs) because he doesn't read them
2: yeah,
0: sadly, true. Yeah, send them to me as well, ex- if you can stomach the shipping to Australia fee, which I think not they all can. publishers can. Because <laughs> no, do not, man,
3: you've got to hire a kangaroo to find you. It's 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 so hard. Work. It's
0: difficult. It's difficult. I mean, it shouldn't be difficult. All you should do is drill a hole through the like just off the coast of Northeast America, and that hole should emerge right next to my city because we're on the exact opposite side of the world.
3: Yeah, but you've got to avoid the mole people.
0: Ah. <sighs> Classic mole people stuffing things up. Really inconvenient of Yeah. <laughs> Wizards, warriors, and words cancelled for being anti-mole people. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we go down, boys. That's how we go down. Anyway, I, think I like the probably... fact that like just
3: keeps saying like this is how we're getting cancelled. I think yeah. he's trying to like slip something in he's here. Trying. I mean. I'm
0: trying to get ahead of it, right? Like you know, you it's it's kind of like if if you accidentally start a fire, the best thing you can do is try to point out the fire first so that you're like, clearly I am not the one who right, started right. this.
3: The, uh, You know, not not the uh, whoever smelt it, dealt it.
0: Uh, who... <laughs> kind of that. Yeah, kind of but that. Was it that,
3: like, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, blame um, somebody else. It was him.
0: Yeah, exactly. And they're like, how come you were able to smell it before him? Does that mean he ventriloquist farted in your direction somehow and didn't come I mean, to be it? honest,
3: Jed, your, your major problem is you never accidentally start a fire. That's totally
0: true. <laughs> you don't just find yourself walking along, uh randomly throwing two lumps of flint in the air, and then they accidentally collide with each other, and sparks fly from them onto nearby bushes. You no, still make
3: flint? You have matches and lighters these days, man. <laughs> it's Come not, not on. So much easier to be a pyro now.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh Anyway, yeah, don't cancel us for not liking the yeah. mole people. I personally am a big fan of the mole people. I've always thought they've been doing good things down in the center of the earth i think yeah (laughs) on that on that (laughs) note (laughs) well we're not gonna milk this any further not gonna milk. it's i don't think there's any milk left i don't think there was any milk in the first place
3: i I mean to be honest i think you killed this joke buried it then dug it up again and uh set fire to it that's it and then yes scattered the ashes in the
0: center of the earth to be consumed by the molten core anyway um Thanks everybody for listening. If you've uh, enjoyed this show, be sure to leave us a rating. If you listen on Spotify, Spotify have just included a podcast rating feature. So uh, yeah, if you're it's enjoying been, this so show, <laughs> this is where the fun begins, guys. Uh, yeah. So if you are having enjoyed this show uh, and you listen on Spotify, feel free to tap and, and rate us. Uh, you can choose any number that is five, five, or five. No other numbers are permissible. It will Spotify will make you think that you can choose other numbers from one to five. It, it's not true. It only actually counts if you if you press a five. So um, just make sure you press that. Uh, otherwise, it won't work. And I, I don't know, like maybe your Spotify account could just get deleted. Who knows? I'm not saying that will happen for sure, but we can't rule it out as a possibility. So just to be safe, make sure you hit the five. Just to be
3: safe. It's threatening our listeners. He's really <laughs>
0: trying to
2: get his this is going downhill fast. It's not
0: a threat. It's not a threat. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just laying out things that could happen in the future, giving people options, making sure they're aware of the potential and uh, it's up to them to do whatever they want with that information. I'm just a, I'm just a messenger here. Just a messenger. Moving along. <laughs> Moving along. Thanks everybody for listening. Be sure to rate us on Spotify or anything else. And uh, yeah, let us know what uh, topics you'd be interested in us covering this year. Um Hopefully, we can get some cool guests on. Hopefully, we can have some good episodes. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Yep. yep.